Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Book Lounge. Today, we are talking about Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. So what we do each week is take a great nonfiction book, um, could be an old one or a recent bestseller, and we try to look at the main themes and um, discuss these with our guests. Um, and I'll give my take uh, at the end of what I thought of the book. Yep, and I'll also weigh in on the book and update you with the latest news about the title and the author. Um, now, for in-depth knowledge about this book, we recommend two things. First of all, this podcast is brought to you by Memoed, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo on this book. You will find a link to it in the show notes. And second, we also recommend um, listening to our Book Insights episode on the same book, which is a detailed summary, overview, and analysis. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat about this book of the week. Um, this week, we are bringing on a guest who is a blogger extraordinaire. She is known on Instagram as My Nights Booked. She's knowledge about Cal Newport, an expert on disconnecting from digital life. Um, she also helps others with their own 30-day digital detoxes. Please welcome Melanie Leslie. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here, Melanie. Yeah. Um, so Melanie, just uh, give us a little bit about your background, how you came to be blogging on books and, and Instagram bookstagrammer, et cetera. <laughs> sure. Um, so <clears throat> just a little bit about me um, personally. I work full-time in the public sector. I live up in the Midwest on the border of Wisconsin and Minnesota, so I kind of consider myself a dual-state citizen up there. Um, and I work in white-collar crime doing tax investigations. So my, my work life is very heavy, and there's not a lot of room for creativity. So uh, a couple years ago, I was looking for a creative outlet. And I always enjoyed reading as a kid. So I thought, why not try to combine these, my love of reading as a child, get back into it now that I'm a working mom and haven't been reading that much lately, and start a blog. Uh, little did I know there's this huge community on Instagram, uh, which Tom referenced called Bookstagram, where uh, it's just this huge community of readers, book reviewers, publishers, where they read and review books. So I started my blog and started my Instagram page. And it's just been a really great way to have a creative, out, a creative outlet on the side. So I read a wide range of genres, one being nonfiction and personal development, which I would fit uh, digital minimalism in that category. And I had read a handful of books about reducing phone usage and a lot of personal development books reference how, you know, you should reduce your phone usage and reduce your social media usage, but not a lot gave actual tangible advice on how to do that. Mm, um, yeah. So I was kind of looking for something that actually, it's like, yeah, I know I want to reduce my phone usage and I want to use social media in a way that's healthy, but not a lot of books are out there that really tell you step-by-step step how to do that. Mm. So I read Digital Minimalism and I was really inspired by Cal Newport and his advice on doing a 30-day digital declutter. So I decided why not give it a chance and use my blog as a way to show my followers my progress and what I learned and what, was, what came easy, what came hard, and all the good, bad, and ugly from it. So that's basically what I did, and I tracked it along in my blog, and I ended up doing a digital declutter last December, which was kind of good timing just with the holidays, so it was a good way to 
to disconnect and make sure that I was present with my family. Um, and I, I definitely learned a lot. Um, I hesitate to say I'm an expert because I feel like it's something I need to work on every day. You know, even just minute by minute sometimes because the temptation is so real when your cell phone's sitting right there. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's just something I'm continually trying to work and improve on. Yeah, oh, thank you. Um, so for people who don't know, um, Cal Newport, I mean, this has sort of become his specialty of being the sort of um, not the non-internet guy, but being the very careful about what you consume online guy. Um, he's a, a professor of computer science at uh, Georgetown University. Um, and I think he was a, a quite a big blogger first um, before he started writing his books. So the, the, the other sort of famous one you might know is Deep Work, which is about his um, how to actually get things done and not be distracted the whole time, which is a pretty modern phenomenon, um, really. And But what happened was, uh, we can get into, people started coming up to him after talks and saying, well, you've, you've told us how to do stuff for work. What about our personal life? Like, I can't turn off, I'm stressed, um, I'm constantly getting pinged and pinging other people. Um, so... This was his sort of um, solution to it. Um, and we can go through some of the themes, but one of them is how the digital life got out of control. And then he also discusses what digital minimalism is as the answer to that. And then, as you mentioned, Melanie, how to declutter your digital life. And then he also talks about the life you could be having if you weren't online the whole time. Um, so, Melanie, I mean, what... When, when you started reading this book, what sort of leapt out at you, um, you know, first off, like any light bulb moments? Um, I remember there's a portion of the book where Cal says, and, and I don't know if this is word for word, but basically your time is their money. And that really resonated with me. And <laughs> yeah. it made me think, you know, is my time, my time with my family, with myself, with those I care about, really worth the money of all these large corporations that I'm feeding into when I'm scrolling Facebook or Instagram or, you know, all of those apps. And that really hit me as well as just um, in general, I wanted to be a better influence. I, I have two young kids and they absorb everything like little sponges and they know how to use my phone better than I know how to use my phone, which is scary. And <laughs> I want to set a good example for them and not always be looking at my screen. And um, that was one thing that kind of inspired me to do it. And once I started to notice this more after reading Cal's book, it was like what that saying, when a bell's been rung, it can't be unrung. I felt like all of a sudden I'd be out in the grocery store line and I'd see all these people looking down on their phones while they're walking and doing their grocery shopping. Or I'm at my kid's basketball practice and all the parents are just looking at their phones the entire time while their kids are playing. And I thought, I don't want to be like that anymore. You know, that it just... It, it grossed me out a little bit. And what has the process been like as you have been leading other people now through that same process of, um, you know, disconnecting for 30 days, that 30-day digital detox? How has that gone for you? Uh, so when I first did the detox, I actually uh, had a buddy of mine that I met through the book community, and she had read the book as well. And she said, well, if you're going to do it, I want to do it, and we'll be accountability buddies, which helped because... 
we would text each other on the side and we did a, a Zoom call at the end of the month just to say, you know, how did your experience go? What did you learn? What worked? What didn't work? So um, I've definitely had a lot of people reach out with interest to do it, but to get people to commit to do it is another thing, I think. Mm. And, and I remember feeling that way, like I was scared to do it, you know? I, I don't know what it is that's scary about it, but it, it sounds terrifying when someone tells you, well, you're gonna delete all the social media apps off of your phone. You're like, well, what will I do with my, <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't post it on social media, did it actually happen? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, I think one of the reasons why it's scary is that you're sort of going against, you know, civilization. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that's where society is at now. So it, it's almost like a very rebellious thing to do. And Cal goes into the reasons why, um, why it is so addictive and so much part of our society now. So his two things are from psychology, intermittent positive reinforcement and the drive for social approval. Um, the social approval thing is sort of self-explanatory, I think, like we human beings are constantly wanting to relate to other people and social media makes that easier. But the intermittent positive reinforcement I found very interesting. Um, he compares it to uh, if you post something and then you're not sure if you're going to get one like or 100 likes, it's like gambling because you get addicted to the, the sort of not knowingness and the, you know, well, how's this going to go down? And then when you, so you, because you don't know, um, it's more exciting when you do get a hit post or something and you get this uh, endorphin rush and so on. Um, so I was just wondered, like, Melanie, I mean, has is, is that been the same for you um, in terms of the sort of positive feedback you get from doing stuff online. Yeah, definitely. And that to me was a sign that my relationship with my phone is bordering on unhealthy and I needed to do some sort of declutter or detox like this. And I, it's also a sign that as I go, like I'd mentioned, it's, it's not like you do the 30 day digital clutter and all of a sudden you're cured and you're, you're good to go. It's a day by day thing, if not hour by hour, minute by minute. And when I start to notice that I'm getting a little too wrapped up in how many likes I have or comments on a, on a post or I'm worrying that the algorithm is against me and not prioritizing my content, that is the sign that I need to take a break and remember what life is about and that it's not about this tiny screen in my hand. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, that that predictable reward thing. It's interesting to me that that's exactly how they crafted it, um, that there's no accident there that, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, in terms of the way that it works, they have capitalized on knowing how the brain works, knowing that dopamine is released more when you have unpredictable rewards compared to predictable ones. It's the slot machine effect. And so every time that you're, you know, scrolling, you know, they literally um crafted that to be just like a slot machine where you pull and see what happens and maybe something's going to pop up that's going to give you that dopamine uh, boost that your brain wants so badly. And so they've really designed all these apps specifically for that unpredictable reward thing. And so now we're seeing the consequences of that with everybody, like you mentioned, in the grocery store, just glued to their phone uh, because any amount of 
non-active time becomes a time when you're feeling like I want that the unpredictable reward boost by, you know, uh, scrolling on my phone. Uh, so Cal Newport kind of talks about, you know, what digital minimalism is and explains how it, it's not um, disconnecting from all electricity. It's not going Amish for a month or anything like that. It's, uh, you know, it's more of a like a lifestyle, like you said, hour by hour, minute by minute, but it's using social media and time online as minimally as possible and only in deliberate ways that improve your life. So rather than the sort of mindless, um, you know, scrolling that most people do, it's really being intentional about um, minimizing the time and maximizing the productivity. Um, so, Melanie, I'd love to hear how you kind of accomplish that with your um, digital declutters. Sure. So, yeah, that really resonated with me as well as um, and Cal mentions, too, that we're in a society now where solitude and being bored is almost non-existent because you have this mini slot machine at your fingertips where you can constantly get interaction. And so that was a that was something that I knew going into it was I'm going to have to be OK being bored. And um, so one thing was <laughs> I wanted to figure out if I'm not going to be on my phone, what will I be doing? So he mentions replacing your low quality leisure time, which would be mindlessly scrolling on your phone, looking at apps to replace it with high quality leisure time. So before I did the declutter, I sat down and I thought, well, what are some things that mean a lot to me that fill me up, but um, don't drain me like it does when I'm on my phone. So some things would be obviously reading and um, journaling. I've gotten into journaling a lot lately. And that was something I did a lot as a child. And, um, I wanted to get back in touch with my artistic side because that's something I don't really get to do. So I had kind of this list of, you know, this is what I'm going to do with my time. Um, I put that together. I also uh, started setting app limits. So uh, for when I would return to social media on my phone, I wanted to make sure I just didn't go right back into my bad habits. So I specified app limits and also told myself, you know, if I'm deleting the apps, I don't absolutely need on my phone for this declutter, which really realistically, you only need your phone to call. And, you know, I text, so I, I want to text and do FaceTime now and then. But uh, he mentions in the book that when Steve Jobs created the iPhone, his intention was just to combine the a phone with an iPod so that you can have something you can call your friends on, but you can also listen to music. He didn't intend to have this huge mecca of media where you can have all these apps at your fingertips. So I, I went through and deleted all the apps that I didn't absolutely need. And I told myself at the end of this declutter, if I feel like there was an app I needed, I'll download it again. And to be honest, I don't think I needed any of those apps. I didn't miss most of them at all. Um, and then I also told myself that when I did go back to social media, I would use it intentionally, like you had mentioned, um, being mindful of my time and setting time aside to do it. And then also when I engage, I, I engage because I've actually read that post. I liked it because I like that post. It's not just, you know, the mindless tick, 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 tick as you go mm -hmm. down. So I kind of encompassed mm -hmm. all of that and then um, started using my computer more, which for like checking email and reading the news, I found that instead of doing it constantly throughout the day, I would do it maybe once a day or once every couple days. And uh, that cut down on my phone usage a ton. It's like, we don't need to be 
checking email every hour <laughs> or reading the news. Nothing really changes. I mean, people used to get the news once a week and that was their newspaper that was delivered on their front doorstep. So yeah. the, all of that really resonated with me. Mm. Yeah, and I think he makes the point that, um, I mean, now we think it's totally natural to be getting pinged all the time and checking email once a few times an hour, scrolling the news. Um, but he, he says actually that's very unnatural for human beings, um, that the, the natural thing is having long conversations, uh, you know, physical conversations with people. Um, it's spending time in, in nature um, and, uh, you know, having doing things like writing, journaling, as you mentioned, um, in solitude. You probably don't get much solitude as, you know, as a mum of young kids. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, <laughs> I may, is it something that, um, you know, you would like to have more of or um, is that part of the book something you sort of glossed over? Um, that was something I really did make intentional with carving out time. Um, the one challenge I would say is that doing a digital declutter in December in Wisconsin, when it's like the, the Antarctic, normally <laughs> without a pandemic, you're not seeing a lot of people, you're home a lot. So that is conducive mm. to being on your phone and scrolling Facebook and Instagram and seeing what your friends are up to. So I did find that challenging, like the human connection piece, because Cal does talk about how, you know, if you comment on your friend's Instagram post versus you go meet them for coffee, how the quality of conversation and connection is so much richer when you meet them in person and you have your phone tucked away and you're not mm. distracted. But realistically, you know, we're in the thick of a pandemic. I can't go meet face to face with my friends and family. So what I did instead was I would schedule um, Zoom calls or FaceTimes instead of texting or talking through social media. And I did find that I had, you know, much richer conversations because we would, instead of texting each other all week, we'd save everything up for this Zoom call that we would chat about things. And it, it felt more normal and less, I was definitely a lot less connected to my phone, but um, that kind of helped me carve out time for solitude too. But I, yeah, I will not argue with you, Tom, that being a mom of young kids, it's really hard to make time for yourself, but it's all in just how you use it, you know? Totally. I, I definitely relate. I also have two elementary schoolers at home. And so throughout the pandemic, uh, we were just kind of playing four corners in our house, everybody trying <laughs> to find their little quiet place of solitude to, you know, zoom in or do what they need to do. And yeah, solitude. That was not my year of the, that was not my word of the year for 2020. Solitude no. was no, not not a thing. Um, but I can I can see the value, and I'm just hoping that uh, perhaps next school year there might be a, a little bit of solitude. Yes, I think we're all hoping for a more normal school year, and um, yeah, I agree. It's like even you get five minutes to yourself. That's worth its weight in gold. It's true. I, I started jogging just because there was no way anyone could come with me. It was the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that I've sort of gotten from this book is to create your own rules around technology. 
I mean, it seems impossible just to switch off and to to the sort of extent that he suggests. Um, but at least if you've got some rules, um, like I won't go online for a certain time, you know, in the day, or I will have a weekend Sabbath where the only thing I will do is respond to texts or WhatsApp. I won't I won't go on the internet or social media, which is my rule. <laughs> as much as I can and things like that I think um you know they keep you sane um because we we honestly need breaks like that um for our sanity um you know particularly where things are sort of so political these days it's easy to just see a post or something and get riled by it and um and then you can't concentrate on your work and but at the end of the day, does it really matter? Like it's something you can't have any control over anyway. Um, so, yeah, the politics were Corinne. yeah, the politics were definitely <laughs> rough. That was something that really um, resonated with me with this book was uh, disconnecting for those reasons. Where just like you mentioned, Tom, like for all of the like uh, positive dopamine hits that you get from these apps, there's also that uh, that opposite side. You know, you kind of get both. You get the excitement of somebody liking your post and, you know, uh, friends and seeing things that interest you. But then there's also the other side of seeing things that are disturbing and sad and depressing and things that, that are, you know, you, you're seeing opinions from people that in real life probably you would never hear come out of their mouth, but you see them online. And like you said, Melanie, once that bell is rung, you can't unring it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, knowing that these thoughts are either in your that other person's head or at least that they have seen something that resonated with them so deeply that they want to, you know, retweet it or reshare it or whatever. Anything that, you know, now you get this glimpse into people that otherwise you probably never would have seen. And um, and it's disturbing. And so for me, like the I, I have yet to do a full like 30 day digital detox, as Cal Newport describes. But right around the 2016 election, I just couldn't take all of the vitriol and the infighting and all. I just it was just really depressing me to a point where I'm like, this is horrible. I need to get out of here. So I just disconnected from all social media for about six months uh, around the 2016 election. And it was so liberating, just like uh, you'd said, Melanie, where it's just you're like, you don't even miss it. It's just it, it feels so freeing. Um, and then when I did come back, I tried to incorporate a lot of what Calma Newport is talking about with that intentionality. And so for me, what what worked was I just told myself these apps are for entertainment. Mm -hmm. If I am not enter entertained, then they're not serving their purpose. So anything that I don't find entertaining, I am ruthlessly unfollowing. It does not matter if you are my aunt, my sister, my uh, good friend, my boss. I don't care who you are. If your posts do not entertain me, that is what this app is for. I am unfollowing without any type of, you know, guilt nothing and it's not a conversation it's literally just me crafting an experience that i'm going to enjoy and uh it made all the difference and then comes the 2020 election no problem you know i'm uh, it was it was not nearly as uh depressing and disturbing as the 2016 was just because i curated my own experience kind of like you said tom you create your own rules and figure out what works for you mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, taking charge. Um, Yes, so Melanie, uh, we always give a sort of uh, mark or grade out of five for the book we're discussing and uh, a reason why. Um, Do you want to... Do you want to go ahead first, your sure. overall take on the book? Yeah, so I was in the four, 4.5 range. Um, I, what I, I just, I felt like I learned a lot from this book and I was intrigued. There were times where I was a little bogged down with, you know, some of the statistics in the background and I was a little bit more like, all right, tell me what to do. You know, give me the tools. I want to do this. I'm getting fired up. Um, but overall, I, I highly, highly recommend this book, and it's one that I often recommend to people. And like I said, it's, some people are really into it, and they dive right in, but others are very hesitant because of the, you know, it sounds scary. But, you know, like we've talked about it, this isn't just saying, well, throw your phone in the ditch, you're going to go analog. It's talking about uh, reducing your phone usage, be more intentional, and also just setting those boundaries, like you mentioned, Karen, with I'm if this doesn't serve me in that purpose, I'm done with it. And I really, really like that part of Cal Newport's book because he's he's realistic about the day and age we live in. To tell somebody that, you know, you shouldn't be on the internet on your cell phone, it's just not gonna happen. Half the time we're working from our cell phones. So I, I liked his realistic approach to it. Um, so overall, I really enjoyed it. I'd say four, 4.5. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I I also say like uh, four out of five bookmarks for me. I think this book is relatable to everyone in this digital age. Um, It's practical. It's so useful. It's applicable. Um, Really, his his ideas and concepts, they're they're spot on in terms of exactly where we are today. Um, The only caveat is, uh, like you mentioned, most people like myself, we use social media for work. And um, and so it, it it's hard to, you know, figure out how to digital detox and to, you know, I- implement a lot of what he says if social media runs on an hour by hour, you know, things are changing constantly mm-hmm. kind of thing. So um, that's the only reason I didn't give it five out of five was because, um, you know, f- I think it almost is like he needs a second version that's like, if you need to use social media for work, here's how to do it. Like, you know, he gives some examples of sort of how to use it intentionally, but I think he could really delve really deeply into how to, uh, how to do it on a, you know, on a work basis. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was great and highly recommend it. Um, I feel like once my kids are a little older, this is something that I will go through with them as well. What'd you think, Tom? Well, yeah, that's an interesting point because, um, I mean, I'm old enough to remember the time before there was the internet, right? So I remember people just, you know, meeting up, making an arrangement on a landline and stuff and meeting and then email came and then Google came and then the iPhone and everything. So I've sort of seen everything get bigger and bigger and taking over people's lives. So but you know your kids they never have that mm-hmm. um it's um and you know melanie as you said they kids now just have a sort of intuitive ability to um to know how stuff works and etc so it's just mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting how those people develop it's almost like it's a part of themselves right mm-hmm. um whereas i don't know older people can sort of make a distinction between themselves mm-hmm. and and the online world. 
Um, so I, I thought it was, yeah. So I thought it was very interesting to read. Um, I read it as a, as a sort of reclaim yourself, um, book. And, um, so I sort of forget about it from time to time, but, um, I, I keep going back to its ideas. I, I agree. It's sort of one of the more important nonfiction books I've read the last few years. So I think it's going to stay in my head. So I'll, I'll give it a, a, a four and a half. Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when my daughter was like, not even two, I'm pretty sure she was a year and a half. And I have one of those like big DSLR cameras with the screen on the back. And she instinctively picked it up and starts <laughs> swiping on the screen. And I'm like, how do you know? You've never touched this phone, this camera before. And she's just like instinctively new. I'm like, oh, man, just like you're saying, Tom, yeah. it's it's ingrained in there. They just they see technology and know how to interact with it, even when they've never touched it before. It's it's weird. Whereas before all of this, if you, when you're planning on a landline, if you go somewhere at the right time and they're not there, you just assume they're dead. Like there's, you know, now it's just so different. Like, you know, just the instant communication and everything. It's it's a whole different world. And um, and I feel like this book really is like the guide to how to use this world in a way that the people who have developed all this stuff have not set us up for at all. They're not thinking about our mental health. They're not mm -hmm. thinking about healthy boundaries. They're not thinking about time with our families or what's best for us. They're just thinking about how do we maximize the time of usage regardless of the, you know, uh, results, basically. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, got, that got me thinking that I feel like if Cal Newport wrote a book that was specific to children in social media mm. and the internet, I would buy that in a heartbeat because Agreed. that is something I think about as my children get older because when I was that age, it was, yeah, you would call your friends on the landline and my brothers mm -hmm. would be breathing on the other end and I'd be yelling <laughs> yep. at them to get off. And <laughs> yep. now it's just, um, it's impressive because of what they learn and they have to know this. I mean, it's right. it's almost like you can't keep this away from your children, but it's also a little terrifying just to think of the magnitude. It's true. Yeah, mm. especially with the pandemic, the teachers just assume that first graders know how to use Google Drive and upload and download files. Yep. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. I know. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a different day and age. It makes me very nostalgic for the day that I had... 10 texts a month and that was it. If I maxed <laughs> out, right. I'd get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> that, and it's 25 cents per text. Yep. So I hope those are important. <laughs> yep. like, and if I went over that, I was in deep, deep trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, I remember in uh, yeah. it, when I was a kid, we had a, a, a big stapled, like printed out sheet of paper, a bunch of papers that were stapled that had lists of websites on it because we didn't know what the websites were. And so that's how you, you know, you get your packet full of the list of websites and that's how you know like where to go you know it's just so <laughs> so different very different yeah all, all like 130 or exactly yeah. yeah it was like <laughs> disney.com like, you know. i know simpler uh, times <laughs> simpler time yeah and yeah um so corinne before we wrap up yeah. i mean is there any latest news on what cal newport is up to i know he's, he's had a 
a book or two since this one. That's right. So um, his latest book, after you know, after deep work and after uh, digital minimalism, now he's got a book called A World Without Email. Um, so I'm curious to. Oh, there, Melanie's right. on it. She's got it. Have you no. read that one already? I have not, but Portfolio mm-hmm. Books reached out to me after I did my detox, and they asked if I'd be interested, mm-hmm. and, and I'm very intrigued because, like he says in this book, my day is dictated by email. Yep. Same, same. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to read that one. And Melanie, maybe we'll have to bring you back on for another episode on, uh, on a, a world without email. Um, so he's, he's sharing these ideas for ways of reworking the typical office life in order to maximize productivity and minimize distractions. So like I mentioned, I'm, I'm here for a world without social media where he talks about the like working social media, how to, you know, make it work. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious about the the latest book as well. So um, and uh, in total, Cal Newport has eight different books, and most of them are around this area of like productivity and technology. Um, he has a degree in computer science from MIT. Uh, he has no social media whatsoever and very limited working office hours to maximize his time with his kids. So that's just a little glimpse into Cal Newport and uh, and what else you can expect from him. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, um, yeah, highly recommend Cal Newport's other books as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't forget to uh, listen to the actual book insight uh, that we have on digital minimalism, which goes into more sort of granular detail on the themes in the book and some great examples from the book uh, as well. So uh, make sure you listen to that um, as well as uh, having enjoyed our more informal chat today. That's right. And Melanie, if people want to connect with you or if they want to try your 30-day digital detox, how what's the best way of, of having folks connect with you? Uh, so I have an Instagram page, as you mentioned at the beginning, it's called My Nights Booked. So um, that's one way you can find me on Instagram. And I have ways you can connect with me in my bio as well. Uh, and then I do have a blog, which is where I post my book reviews. And then I also posted uh, blog posts related to my digital declutter. So you can follow along and see my process and how um, the things that I liked and disliked about it. And that is www.mynightsbook.com. So both of those are great ways to connect with me. And I'm always open to chatting about digital detox or books in general. If anyone needs recommendations, like I said, I'm read a wide range of genres. So I have no shortage of recommendations. That's perfect. And we'll be sure to add links to both of those into our show notes as well. Um, all right. So thank you all for watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast. Um, we, every week we have a new episode, so be sure to tune in. And don't forget to also check memo.com. We've got a memo on digital minimalism. It's a quick 10-point um, savable, shareable memo. So definitely check that out. And as Tom mentioned, to listen to the full Book Insight episode as well. All right. Thank you so much, Melanie. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. I would say this was high quality leisure time this last half Perfect. hour. Perfect. Thank you. That is what we go for. Glad to hear it. Appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, All Melanie. All right. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.